Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. Dr. Mike Frazier, welcome to Last in Line podcast, sir. Good to meet you. Hey, thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. Good to be here. I was telling you off air, I'm not real sure how we connected. I'm not real sure how I found you. I know I listened to you a while back on the Dad Edge podcast with Larry Hagner. He's been on the show a couple of times. Nice. Um, he's, we have some of the similar audience. So we are going to be right in your wheelhouse of topics of discussion today, talking about guys, talking about faith, talking about marriage and uh, getting your take on some of this stuff, some hot buttons that guys are constantly kind of juggling in their heads about marriage, about their masculinity, and about just in general mental health. Uh, and we're right in the the holiday season. So I know mental health sort of spikes and and kind of rears its ugly head. Mental, I don't even health might be a an oxymoron, but uh, you know, sometimes some of those triggers come back during the holidays. But yeah. before we do Maybe you could give us a brief sort of background of you, your experiences professionally, sort of where you, uh, kind of your credentials, your, yeah, your medical sure. training, that kind of stuff. So Absolutely. yeah, have at it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've, <clears throat> from pretty young, I thought I would do something in the field of like emotional help, something like that. So uh, I was interested in the brain and how it works. So I studied, um, um, neuroscience in college and, you know, we got to see a lot about psychology and like the, just like neuroanatomy and neurophysiology, just how your brain works. Really cool stuff. Uh, I went to medical school after that at UCLA. I uh, got my MD degree there and then, uh, specialized in psychiatry after that. Um, so yeah, I got to work with people who had depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, you know, really severe mental illness, uh, people with PTSD, uh, quite a few veterans. I imagine there's probably, you know, veterans that listen to your mm -hmm. podcast. Um, you know, tough stuff those folks go through and, you know, just help them kind of work through that. Um, but then started to get into doing some marriage, uh, therapy with, the with that training as well. And really found I liked that. I really enjoyed that. I liked it seeing how couples interacted. Um, and then my own experience in my own marriage, just like going from where I, I felt trapped really, it's probably the best way to put it in my marriage. Like, uh, you know, we were okay, but like the intimacy wasn't where I wanted it. Didn't feel like she appreciated things that I did. Um, you know, I'd approach her for intimacy. She'd say no a lot. Um, and she, she has like some really bad trauma around like some sexual trauma. So I understood it, but at the same time, I was like, come on, like, was it my turn? And so I had to learn a lot <laughs> to like get us to a good spot in our marriage where now we really feel good, uh, great, really connected. And Sam, so yeah, now I, that's what I do full time is I help guys with their marriages. And, uh, you know, you mentioned faith is really important to me. Um, you know, so keeping some of the, some of the stuff you'll hear like on dating gurus or things like that, it's very much out of line with like being a Christian, like following yeah. Christ, like, oh, just treat her, treat her rude. And then she'll like you basically like that kind of stuff, which is just not in line with being, you know, yeah. a Christian man. So, um, yeah, we, we make sure we're being good leaders and strong men, but also being disciples of Christ as we're doing that. 
Yeah, and that's good, and and that's a good kind of context to where you come from and your background. And I I do know a little bit of your story as it relates to your wife's uh, some of her trauma. And um, I never liked the word baggage that we bring into marriage, but I think you both might have brought some things into the marriage that for sure you never really know how to handle certain things. Even though you knew of her background, you never really know how to navigate those waters until you're like actually in them, right? And <laughs> and sometimes yeah. you learn the hard way, baptism by fire, and I'm sure you see that in some of the people you you uh, help and help coach. But uh, you're the founder of Strong Men Strong Marriage, which is a platform. It's a curriculum. It's coaching. It's therapy. It's it's a podcast. It's going to be a, a book at some point, I'm sure. And uh, but let me get it from the horse's mouth, uh, not to call you a horse, but um, <laughs> what, in your opinion, like how would you define strong man first, and then what's a strong marriage? Because like your your life's work is about those four words. So yep. tell me what you think a strong man is, and then what you think a strong marriage looks like. Yeah, great question. So you know, to me, I look at strength across. You know, each dimension of a person. So, you know, spiritual strength, uh, mental strength, emotional strength, uh, physical strength. And then also we talk about sexual strength because it really applies to the marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. We want to think about, you know, what that means. So, you know, to kind of dive into each of those areas. Um, so spiritual strength to me means really a few things. So being a man of your word, is probably the biggest thing, you know, like making sure if you say something, you're going to follow through, you know, that you're living aligned with your values. Like if you're a Christian, you're living aligned to Christian values. You're telling the truth. You're being faithful to your wife, you know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that we're perfect in those, right? And so, you know, being willing to improve, being willing to ask forgiveness, be willing to repent, right? Change, become a better Mm -hmm. person, Um, you know, connect with God each day. So being a man of your word. So then there's like three areas of like self that I think sometimes get confused. So there's self-worth, which to me means like I have value as a human being, you know, and as a Christian, we can relate that to being a son of God. Like inherently we've got value because Mm -hmm. of that. What happens sometimes is we, when we forget that, we tend to try to get other people to build up our sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, we want, you know, our job, we want people to tell us how great we are at our job or how much money we make or how many friends we have. Or, you know, in our marriage, we really rely on our wife to tell us, oh, like, you're so wonderful and, you know, to have sex with us and do these things that make us feel like, okay, like, I'm I'm okay. I'm validated. Validated, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because if we don't have that within us, we're really trying to borrow that. Mm-hmm. I call it the mosquito cycle. We're trying to like suck off attention, appreciation, affection, sure. sex from her. Um, so yeah, that's to me like a spiritual weakness, right? If you mm-hmm. don't have a strong sense of self-worth, so we build that up. So self-worth, uh, self-esteem is to me how you think about yourself, like the words you say. Um, a lot of us, you know, I say I work with high achieving Christian guys, but a lot of times we kind of beat ourselves up, right? We're like, oh man, you did, you're so bad at that. You know, why'd you make that mistake? That's stupid, right? Yeah. And, you know, you could have done better. So like that internal dialogue actually becomes a problem because we're sort of down on ourselves. And it goes back to that self-worth thing. We're kind of eroding our own self-worth and then we try to borrow it from our wife and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's self-esteem. So we work on, okay, like how am I speaking to myself? Am I speaking to myself kindly? You know, um, so, uh, yeah, self-worth, uh, self-esteem, and then self-confidence. Self-confidence to me just means you are, like that comes from pushing yourself to do hard things, right? Like accomplishing something, you know, mm-hmm. going out there, getting stuff done, you know, getting more confident at skills, building your skills, that kind of thing. Um, so that's all where I would classify as spiritual strength. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, no, that is, it's for It's for sure. Uh, I mean, a lot of those, just all of those line up with what I think that is too. I just, I wanted to get an idea of what you thought strong, you know, what a strong man look like. Cause you're obviously trying to help build those, those people who are in relationships and you're trying to get them, you know, their marriage healthy. So what does a strong marriage to you look like? I guess I we're, we're obviously we're both, both parties are, you know, having that strong sense of self that you mentioned, but, but what else is quantifiable if it is? Yeah, sure. So the kind of along with going back to like the strong sense of self part, like mm-hmm. being able to, uh, so mentally strong, being able to like, really see like where your thoughts are taking you and you know be in charge of that emotionally being able to not lose your temper um get too down on yourself react negatively if your wife's like critical or Mm -hmm. things like that um and then you know physically being in you know good physical and financial shape and then um you know sexually really directing your sexuality in a positive way so that's what makes a strong man What, what makes a strong marriage is I like to talk about three pillars. So there's trust, uh, communication, and then intimacy. So trust meaning. Now, hold like- on a second. Hold on. So I'm going to, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm interrupting you and I did this to you and I did this to myself, but if I'm going to break this talk up into like mental health background talk and then mar- or manhood and then marriage, Mm-hmm. Are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna let the cat out of the bag if we go into what you're talking about right this minute about the whole strong marriage? Do we want to save that for the end? Because I've got some questions about int- intimacy and trust, and we can revisit it if you want to maybe lay a foundation with that some of that now, and then we can kind of go diver deeper into it later if that's cool. Yeah, I mean, okay. e- either way, like to, to me, that's the way I think about it. Yeah. Like building your own strength is across those areas. And then, you know, building a strong marriage is like those pillars, right? Yeah. Trust, communication, intimacy. So that's yeah. awesome. It's funny because I had all those were my three <laughs> topics under marriage that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> those three. So it must, I mean, there must be something to that yeah. uh, with, with, with what guys are needing and what they're dealing with and maybe what they're lacking. Um, yeah. So talk to me about mental health. I So you're, you're a neuro background guy and, and I, I, I actually sell in medical, uh, therapeutic infusion therapies uh, for neuropathies and so, so different things like that. So I'm calling on neurologists. That's my job. Um, The psych, the psychiatry part of it excites me, kind of stimulates me too. I wish I could was more focused in some of that, but like your background, talk about some of the, the depression, like, I don't know how, how has it impacted your life or has it obviously your wife went through some stuff. So you were, you're directly, you know, you got a front row seat to what that looks like yeah. in somebody. So how do you navigate that as a, I don't know, a bystander or someone trying to help sure. somebody through that? You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, depression, it's, it's a real thing. It's a, you know, it's an illness like uh, neuropathy or like, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, whatever. In fact, I like to think if you're familiar, you might be familiar with this, maybe your audience isn't, but multiple sclerosis, you know, right. it's a neurological Neuromuscular, disease yeah. where, you know, a lot of times you're fine and then all of a sudden you're not, you know, like something comes something activates that and now like you're weak you can go blind in one eye like lots of weird stuff happens and then it's gone again right Mm -hmm. there's no real rhyme or reason but that's just how it is and so i like so me personally fortunately i haven't had a lot of struggles with Mm -hmm. depression or anxiety it just hasn't Mm -hmm. been my Mm -hmm. burden um and so for me it helps to think of it more in that physical way of like okay you know it, it is like that you know, um, multiple sclerosis. Yeah. Maybe there's not a reason, but all of a sudden, yeah, it's hard. And you don't feel like you have any energy and you don't want to do anything. And, um, it's like my wife for sure has struggled with that. And, um, so that's one of the things that just helps remind myself of of like, Hey, you know, there doesn't have to be a reason for this. There doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be, you know, it just happens. It's going to be like this. Sometimes she's down, sometimes she's not. Um, with her too, you know, there's trauma around it. So like certain times of year, like the holidays, I understand are going to be more stressful for her, a little more uh, prone to feeling down or anxious during that time. Um, you know, certain things will activate more of that depression, anxiety, or reminders of past trauma. Um, so I think if you're going through that, like getting yourself the, the help. So like things to watch out for if you like really are just have, finding it hard to function like whether that's with your work or with your kids or with um you know your church stuff or whatever you're yeah. saying man i just am not i cannot get the energy to do it you know if you have any kind of thoughts about wanting to die um definitely want to get some help there mm-hmm. if it's reaching into suicidal thoughts definitely you know make a call um you know uh, 1-800-273-TALK is a suicide hotline that's always there. Um, so yeah, just, you know, get yourself that help. A lot of times people that feel depressed, they feel like, man, it'd be better if I'm not here because I'm such a burden. You right. Know, do anything. And, um, you know, if you're in that spot, just, you know, try your best to remind yourself, actually, it's way worse on everybody. Like if you were to take your life. Yeah. Um, you know, people, yeah. survivors blame themselves, especially if you got kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your spouse is going to be wondering what they could have done. Like it, it yeah. impacts things badly for the rest of people's lives. So, yeah. you know, get that help. Yeah, it's you, not, sometimes it's hard to, to, to want to do it for yourself, but to yeah. be able to say like, okay, like I can do this. Plus like setting that example for your kids being like, Hey, cause there's a decent chance if you're struggling, they'll, they might struggle. Just setting that example, like, Hey, listen, this is getting me really down. I'm getting help because I don't, you know. Well, what do you say to guys? What do you say to guys? Let's just say that are in your similar situation and you're obviously got medical credentials to back up why you might want to fix things. Like you probably inclined to try to fix the person, right? And guys are that way. I mean, what do you say to that? Do you have any advice on maybe what not to do in that situation? Or have you ever been kind of fallen into that trap? Totally. So for one, like safety's first, right? And so if she is, or let's just assume like it's the husband and his wife's, you know, struggling. Um, So if she's saying stuff like, you know, I'm thinking of killing myself. Right. I can't go on. Like, it's just time to call 
and gets help. You know, sure, there's sure. hospitals, there's places she can get help. Even if she's like, no, don't do it. Like, just do it. You know, it's, yeah. it, you'll be, everybody will be glad in the long run. Right. Um, if it's not to that point though, mm-hmm. right. And, and you're just like, she's just really down. It's hard for her to do much, you know, still definitely saying like, Hey, I care about you. Like I can see you're struggling. I want you to yeah. be able to see somebody as a guy too. Like, sometimes the, the wife, she'll feel like, oh, that's the financial burden, you know, to go see somebody. She's exactly. like, there's nothing better to spend this money on because yes. there isn't. There isn't. And really making that clear to her good. Um, is really important. Um, so she doesn't feel guilty about it. Yeah. Uh, she might anyway, but you, you want to do your best to like, let her know that's not how I think about it. Right. Like, I don't think it's a waste of money or like, literally there's nothing better than helping you be healthy. Yeah. Mentally. Well, I mean, that's, that's just as detrimental to a relationship or to a way of like quality of life as a physical 100%. ailment. I mean, oh, yeah. sometimes more so because it leads yep. to that. Right. And mm-hmm. um, if we kind of, as we kind of transition into this next part under mental health, I, I have this thing with apathy that's out there. And and I know that depression can trigger some of that, but that's a clinical deal where it's not just somebody's being lazy. It's literally, they don't want to move. Right. Uh, but, but guys talk to men. Cause I don't know. I just have this kind of thing, this thorn in my side for guys that just don't necessarily care to try to either make a difference or speak up or, have a, a strong physical presence as a man of the house, a protector. You know, I don't know. That's where I always go when I think of apathy. But, you know, motivation versus discipline. There's guys that, you know, you'll hear a lot of people talk about that. But what keeps somebody from, like, where does that, what is that wall that keeps them from being a disciplined person? Like, you can see people, you know, they might be motivated for a second. We talk about New Year's resolutions. It's coming up, right? It's, it's going to be a thing again. So we're motivated. And then a month later, we're not, right? And so discipline never kicks in. Motivation kind of breeds discipline. But what is the, where's the, the short in the wiring with guys when it comes to really just staying disciplined on certain things? I don't, devotional, biblical strength, you know, physical strength, those kinds of things. Do you have any, do you have any take on that? Yeah. I mean, so the guys, the way I look at things and approach it is, you know, the results that you're getting in your life, it comes from the way you're thinking about things, right? So the way you think about things, that affects how you feel, that affects what you do. Uh, And then it also fuels like what intentions you're doing with those actions and then the results, right? So what I would look at, you know, taking a specific situation, you know, someone that, you know, will work out for a couple of weeks and then stop. Right. So where I'd want to go is figure out like, okay, when you're going, what are you thinking? What are you, you know, where, where's your mind at? What are you believing in that moment? And then when it stops, right. What shifted, like, what did you start believing differently? So probably it's a, probably like the most common one is what's the point. Right. Yeah. I put a lot of energy in here you know, cause we don't see results right now. Right. Yeah. 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 So that can be part of it. Um, yeah. So you start losing motivation. Cause like if it, and it has to do with like what result you're chasing and what your intention is behind it. So if your result is like, oh, I'm going to get a six pack. Right. And, um, your intention is, you know, get that six pack so you can, 
Yeah. I don't know. Look at your friends or whatever. A lot of times that burns out because like, first of all, six pack is really hard to get. Sure. Um, you know, your body fat needs to be like so low. Yeah. And, and then you start questioning, like, what is the point? Like, what's the, like, what's the reason for putting mm-hmm. myself through this? Yeah. Um, so versus like, if your intention with getting healthy is, is like, okay, um, you know what? I want my body to have energy. Like I want to be alive when my kids are graduate. I want to be able to play games with them. A lot of times that's more motivating to kind of like stay on track. Yeah. Um, and again, it goes back to like what the, the thoughts behind it, right? Okay. I'm going to work out today because yeah, I want to be there for my kids. Like I want to have energy. I don't want to have like weird diseases as I get so are you saying so are you saying we can cultivate discipline that's born out of initial motivation or 100%. are people just born with this gene that they can just they're just automatically disciplined and it goes back to your thought of what's what's your why like what's the reason yep. for what you do so so we can cultivate discipline so for those people that just say I'm just not disciplined we're not buying that is what you're saying no no I, I mean it, you, yeah, like you have to make your decisions and you have to take responsibility for those decisions. Yeah. Right? That's how life is. Now, that said, you know, kind of talking to you and like Larry and, you know, guys that are in this space, there there are different personality types out there, right? Kind of like four main ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you, me, you know, Larry, probably a lot of guys listen to this, are more of like this what's called like a powerful choleric, like a red personality where we like to get things done, like to accomplish, like to achieve. That's kind of what fuels us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Versus some people are like more of a yellow personality. They just like to have fun. They like to laugh. They like to play. Right. They, they might say they're not as disciplined. Um, There's like a white or like a white type personality where they're just kind of like go with the flow. They, They don't really care about accomplishing anything. And that's just their personality. Right. Um, Or like more of a blue personality where it's like very analytical and, you know, step by step, things be done a certain way. Um, Yeah. So there are those personalities out there. Right. And so I think, you know, taking that into consideration has been helpful for me. Um, Because, like, you know, my wife is more on that like white and blue spectrum right like kind of go with the flow but liking things kind of organized and done a certain way where i'm like none (laughs) yeah i'm very low on those yeah Um, but but it works right like because we kind of balance each other out but for me i had to understand like hey you know what like all this drive 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 go 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 like it's just you know, there's some personality yeah. things going on there. And it's there's fine. some balance. I think, yeah. you know, there's got to be balance to everything. Uh, I think to just redline literally in that example, if you're redlining all the way to red, you know, I, I don't know. I think you can run people off eventually, and yeah. especially in a marriage. If mm-hmm. one is the opposite, yeah, opposites attract. Yeah, that could balance each other out, but it could create a little friction at times if if one side is not willing to sort of compromise and accept the other side i guess and that that would translate into any aspect of marriage right so yeah. i guess let's let's kind of transition here and try to go into maybe a little bit of uh this manhood thing that we're talking about cuz you're talking about strong men strong marriage and and you're trying to you're personally building men to be good husbands good fathers and 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 in a healthy marriage right um 
would you say, and we'll just kind of mold, bleed these together, manhood and, ma- and marriage together. It's all going to overlap probably um, because of your line of work. Uh, give me an idea what you think like the biggest learning curve is um, for a man early in a marriage in that first five years, would you say? Because uh, I, I mean, my biggest, I think my hardest time was that first five to 10, just because I was kind of a spoiled, immature brat. And so, you know, what what is the biggest learning curve, would you say, for guys in that first part of marriage? Yeah, I mean... So typically who I'm working with is guys who are in there like 10 years, 20 years, that kind of thing. But I'd say thinking back for myself, and I think that's probably pretty common. It's just like, so I hadn't, um, I hadn't lived with any women, except like my mom until, you know, I, I lived with my wife. And so it's just like kind of things you think just are the way they are. Like someone else comes in and they're not like maybe, you know, with, with religious stuff, maybe just like the way you, what's okay. And what's not on Sunday. Sure. That was one thing that we were trying to figure out or even something as simple as like, what kind of catch up do you buy? Or like, it's just stuff like that. Like, no, I thought it was this way. And then the other person's like, no, it's this way. Yeah. And the, you know, what's, what ideally is happening during that time is you're learning to, um, you know, listen to her opinions on it, express yours and find something that works for both of you. Yeah. Hopefully that's what's happening. What, what happens sometimes though, is one person doesn't express their opinions and just gets super resentful for years. And that's typically when they come see me, <laughs> is that they, yeah. you know, they're kind of like, oh, is this really how it's going to be for the next 20 years? Um, and then, yeah. you know, they come. So like kind of the big issues typically that people argue about money, sex, in-laws, parenting, religion, housework, and then just like how people spend sure. their time. So if you can find ways where you both feel like, yeah, like this works in those areas, you're in a really good spot. And like, that's the communication. I hope, I hope that, you know, people are figuring that stuff out a little bit before they, you know, jump both feet into a marriage, which I can't say we did a great job of that. We're trying (laughs) to sort of tell our, help our kids with that. And, and I don't know if you do any premarital sort of counseling or anything like that, but I think that's a, that's imperative that people do something like that. Um, Even if you're not, you know, a, a spiritual person, I think you got to get somebody involved that's a third party that kind of has a, an idea of kind of questions to prepare you, you know, a little bit. And um, I don't know, I think knowing the needs of each other is a big deal. Like we can know what ketchup to buy and we can know what laundry detergent you like and, and we can know who's supposed to take out the trash. But man, when you get in the trenches and you're two to five years in this thing, Man, we need to kind of know that, you know, what their needs are, what my needs are. How are we meeting those? Do we even care to meet those? Like, that's a big thing. What are you, what do you see, you know, from guys? Like, what's, what, what is the biggest need of women? Would you say if there's a top three? I know there's got to be, you know, a lot more than that. But if you could give guys like three answers to the test that will help them get, some traction early in a marriage, what would those be? Yeah. So, I mean, the main thing that women complain about. So, you know, yeah. when, when guys 
get to my you know programs and stuff and they're like um my wife wants to leave or you know she'll never have sex with me or that kind of thing um typically the wife is complaining my husband doesn't listen to me probably number one of anything doesn't really listen to what i have to say um another one doesn't really prioritize me right so you know he's he's busy with work he's busy with the kids yeah he's a great dad but like what's he doing for me i don't know you know there doesn't seem to be that much he only seems interested in me when he wants to have sex right yeah so they start kind of shutting that down um yeah i'd say really those are probably the biggest two that uh that women are complaining about you know listen you know value me yeah actually the other big one would be kind of like just not seeing her as an equal at least with the guys i work with you know when you are a guy who is hardworking, intelligent smart right you can take this problematic thinking towards your wife that like i know better than you <laughs> and, sure. and then you know that starts coming across and you know she doesn't like that it's not attractive to her yeah um and sometimes she can't even identify that but that is what's going on a lot of times the guy just kind of thinks i know better i'm smarter i i I make the money and so my way goes and so just kind of like an inequality which sort of ties back to not listening it's just a little bit different in the sense of like being yeah feeling superior Well, and that's the same guy that takes the scripture of wives submit to your husbands, but he doesn't read the part that says husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. Like right. that's the same guy that looks at right. one of those, but not both. Uh, right. So, so when you're talking about what you just said are her most complaint, her biggest complaints, I think those maybe are just a symptom of the underlying need. Like if you're talking about intimacy, non-physical, and then I've always heard that a woman's number one need is security, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in more ways than just financial. So, I mean, some of that stuff you're talking about, not enough attention, you know, not enough listening skills, those kinds of things are symptoms of I don't feel secure because I don't feel like he's valuing me. And then, you know, he he only wants sex, so he doesn't care about this intimacy thing that's non-physical. So I don't know. We could blow up this whole outline if you want. Just you, you talk a lot about intimacy in your work, and, and it's not just the physical side. So yeah. Guys listening to this, I mean, I've talked about it before, but I don't know that we have a a natural inclination to wrap our brain around this other part of intimacy. So give us some context of just all the levels of it. Yeah, sure. So, you know, kind of talking about what you said about feeling secure is, you know, really important. Like a, a woman mm-hmm. needs to know that you're going to take care of her physically right um and it typically we understand that as guys like yeah you know i'll I'll provide if someone you know comes to my house i'll shoot them you know yeah yeah like we're we're okay with that um but you also want to start you're going to take care of her heart right and so what that means more than anything is like i'm going to listen right i'm going to try to understand your perspective i'm going to value you i'm going to honor you right um guys a lot of times are not as good at that Right. And part of it does come back to what you said as far as, you know, your wife comes to you with the problem and you're kind of geared towards, okay, she's bringing this to me because she wants me to yeah, fix it. Sense. Right. Versus she's actually coming to you because she just wants to know that you care about her. 
There's the listening part. Yep. Just listen, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so the way I look at intimacy, right? So you got to have trust first and safety first. And so, you know, that comes from you keeping your word, right? Being honest, manage your own emotions. You're not freaking out, right? Because if you are losing your temper all the time or like, she turns you down for sex and you're like pouting like a baby. She's not going to feel comfortable sharing deeper stuff with you. Right. Yeah. And so now, now you're stuck, right? You're, you're stuck because you haven't moved past trust, right? It's not there. But when you can, when she can start trusting you, then you can start building mental and emotional intimacy through communication. Yeah. And what does that mean? It means you get good at listening to her, right? I'm not trying to fix it, but just, Oh, like, yeah, you had a hard day today. Tell me about that, right? Oh, my boss, you know, he he yelled at me. And then a lot of guys, their immediate reaction, there's like a whole chapter on this in the book I'm putting together. But like the guy's immediate reaction is going to be, well, you know, you should tell tell him to do this or you should, like, or I'll go talk to him, right? What's they, his you know, number? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And then and then your wife's like, oh, that's great, but he doesn't, he doesn't listen, right? He doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's in her journal that night. Um, I bet she didn't tell you that. Because you had showed her mm-hmm. you're not there for her. You're not protecting her heart. You kind of think you are, but you're not in the way that she wants. Mm-hmm. You know, step clue what's going on. So instead, you know, she comes in, she's like, Hey, I had you know, my boss yelled at me today. Oh man, like that's uh that's tough. What happened? Oh, this and this. And I told my wife, oh man, you know, that's that's really hard, you know. Oh, come here, let me give you a hug. Oh, yeah. thanks. Oh, wow, you really care. You really listen. It's it's very counterintuitive for, for us as guys to, but the fix, 90% of the time, the fix is just listening and supporting her through it. And the um, problem with what you just explained as an example of just, you know, hey, let me give you a hug is guess what guys think of? You know, what's what's the next in progression from that? Oh, this is going to pay off big time, right? For you physically, like this hug turns into something always. I I mean, I I don't know, guys, there's value in just letting it be a hug, right? A hundred percent. And so, cause yeah, same thing. Right. So think from yeah. her perspective. So yeah. she's like, Oh, like, cause, cause what you just said is what I, what I call the mosquito cycle. Right. It's doing the right things, but there's strings attached. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Mike, my, I heard this podcast today. Right? You know, uh, Mike and John, they told me to, to just listen. Okay. I'm going to do it. And then, you know, she should have sex with me after that. Problem is your wife can sense that. Right. She For knows sure. what, she knows what your intentions are. That's why I got to clean that up. So if you're in, and this is the counterintuitive thing about the whole thing, right? If you really genuinely are saying, Hey, come here, give me a hug. Let me give you a hug. Like I'm here for you. You know, do you want me to do it to your boss? Ha ha. No, like I, I can take care of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just, just like, I value, I love you. She's like, okay, thanks. Right. Then you leave it alone. You know, most likely, I mean, maybe not that day, but what that builds is, again, that trust, that mentally emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. And now she's far more likely to be interested in you sexually, right? Because yeah. that's the last step is sexual intimacy Yeah. versus when you're just going directly for it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Step one, listen. Step two, hug her. Step three, have sex. Then she's like, this dude doesn't care right he only cares about sex and actually she's right that's the thing <laughs> sure absolutely we've proven her right yes right exactly exactly yeah. um and so yeah it's counterintuitive but the less you need that stuff from her the more likely she's to give it the more you are 
you know, in that mode of understanding versus fixing, the more it will fix it. It's just, yeah, you know, a, a new way of thinking. Yeah, yeah, I like that. No, that's that's helpful um, for guys because there's a lot of guys that probably conceptually know that and get it, but don't necessarily understand how to live that out because we are triggered to or our reflexes to go to our needs, right? So I think it's really a, a paradigm shift of let's look think about what she needs first. And in all areas, like if we did that alone, we could probably win more times than we lose. Um, Even, excuse me, even in this next one that I wanted to ask you about, because I've been fairly bad at this, just upbringing kind of develops a style of communication in us, especially when it comes to like conflict. Like we have a raise our voice, we're going to trump this and we're going to be right and we're going to stomp on the other one kind of, you know, verbally. And, and this is what you get accustomed to and that's who you sort of become. So give us some help, give me some help, I guess, selfishly, you know, sorry, audience, you know, take a pause for a second. If this isn't you, cause I know I'm the only one that deals with this well, help us with like conflict resolution. Like what's a win? Like what has helped you? Cause let's yeah. face it. I'm going to, I'm going to just take a safe assumption that you and your wife might've had some disagreements early in in your marriage, yeah, um, I mean, one or yesterday, two, like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. There, there, there's always going to be this, like you're two different people. Winston Churchill says, if two people agree on everything, one of them is unnecessary. And that's true in marriage. So you're going to have disagreements. You're two different people. The other yeah. thing too, like you talked about needs earlier. Sometimes your, your wife's needs are going to change over time. That's she's true. going to be interested in this. And then she's interested in this same with you. Right. Um, so you have to keep updating it. Yeah. But um, anyway, kind of coming back to your point, like how do you know what's what are the steps? So this comes from um uh the seven habits of highly effective people by yeah. Stephen Covey, outstanding book. But these are the concepts. So step one is seek first to understand, right? So she comes in the conflicts about how to hang up the Christmas lights, right? Um, she's like, I you know, I want to hang up this way. And in your mind, you're like, I don't want to, but instead of going straight to, no, that's not how we're doing it. That's how I want to do it. You try to understand her perspective, right? So, you know, I like to talk about something I call ghost mode. Ghost mode means you sort of, in your mind, step out of your body and now you're kind of in her experience. Gotcha. So, okay, now I'm, my wife's name is Elizabeth. Now I'm Elizabeth. Okay. I'm looking at these lights, you know, why would I want them this way? Right. So you are completely not involved at this point. You're just trying to understand her yeah. perspective. Right. So, and as you're communicating with her, that's your, your point of view. You're like trying to really step into her shoes, feel what she feels like there's kind of sort of a, what I think is a spiritual connection when that happens. Like when you really empathize, yeah. Experiencing, like you can feel it and they can feel it too. Like when you really get it. So that's step one. Yeah. Most guys will skip, blow right past it. Right. The other thing Stephen Covey says is like understanding is like psychological air. So, you know, your wife comes in, oh, I want the Christmas lights this way. You're like, no, I don't. She doesn't feel, you don't feel understood either. Right. But we're talking about what works. <laughs> so sure. you want to try to give her air first. Right. So I, I want the Christmas lights this way. Oh, okay. Step into her shoes. Help me understand that. Right. So then she can start calming down. So she's like, yeah, this, oh yeah, you get it. You understand. Yeah. I like them hung this way because it reminds me of 
how it was in my house as a kid. And it brings back really good memories for me. Let's say it was that, right? And so now you get it. You mm-hmm. get it at a deep level, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, yeah, I could totally see that, right? So that's step one. A lot of times when you do step one, you, you might just be like, okay, yeah, fine. That's great. Let's hang them up that way. Just because you took the time to understand it. Not that you're caving in, just that you understand like there's a reason behind that. And sure. Yeah. But let's say, you know, so you, you listen to her, you understand her. That's step one. Step two is you seek to be understood, right? So you explain your side. Okay. Well, I get that 100%. Here's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, I, I think that's going to take a lot of time right. to do it that way. You know, I'd like to, you know, put it this way and that. You know, does that make sense? And and then hopefully, right, she will take the stance of trying to understand you at that point, right? Yeah, I guess that does make sense. Yeah, you're right. It kind of would be a lot. And, and then and then you try to get to win-win, right? So seek first to understand, then to be understood, get to win-win. Yeah. So now you're like, okay, well, how about we do like part this way and part that way? She's like, ah, I don't know if that would work. How about we do it this way? And then you just kind of go back and forth until you find something that you both compromise. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Oh, different different than compromise where so this the ideal right is that with your two brains you can come up with something that's even better than either one that way one brain. doesn't feel like they gave in so much right. it's like oh we came to this idea on our own like together yeah exactly it's a variation of each of our ideas that became one kind of deal yeah. i got you yeah. So that's the ideal. That's right? a, that's perfect. That's a perfect world. I know I got guys listening going, first of all, this is real time arguing, right? I don't have time to go through these steps. Like, yeah. I, why, you know, yeah. that's not real world. But right. no, what I, I think say it, is how's that working for you? Yeah, right. There you go. There you go. And and I'll speak from experience because like to your point, if I'd have just taken some time to maybe do the ghost method, like go into ghost mode, you know, instead of beast mode, because that's yep. where I always tried to go first. Uh, my way, I'm putting them up. I'll do it how I want type of deal. Uh, but yeah, empathy, like, you know, try to understand and then, then you know, be understood. And hopefully you can both sort of figure it out. And I like the win-win part. I think, I think if we go into every situation in marriage with the idea of a win-win yeah. beforehand, yep. that probably cuts out 60% of our problems. Totally. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent. Right. It's not that you just cave, right. It's not that right. she just caves. It's that you both get heard and then you both try to find something that works for both. Yeah. So like with those big ones, money, sex, in-laws, parents, religion, housework, those ones in particular, you, you want to find something that you both feel like, yeah, that's cool. Right. That, that seems fair. That seems good. I like it. Um, yeah. That's good. No, that's perfect. Um, I, I love, I mean, I, I'm when, I know we'll talk more about where to kind of get your resources, but any, like, when did you say the book might be coming out? Yeah. So it'll be next year. I don't know exactly when. Next year. Okay. It depends on, you know, the, 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 the group I'm using is called Scribe Media. Okay. If anybody in the audience is interested in writing a book, they've been great. Um, okay. But yeah, it just kind of depends. I haven't sent in the full draft. Yet. Okay. Like, okay. I'm this, I'm this close. I want to finish it by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so we so we have time to really screw this thing up and then come back and need that book is what you're saying. <laughs> like we got time to just continue to <laughs> derail. No, no, I think this is going to be a great like snapshot, kind of a sneak peek of what you've got coming out. I mean, this is going to help a lot of people. I mean, it's helping me. Um, and I got just a couple more to go. I know you, you got a lot going on. Um, but when we're talking about, I guess, 
what what's one thing you would like ask a, or or hope that guys like if you kind of had a crystal ball and you're like man I just wish guys would get this thing like I wish they would just get this one or two things and and understand how to implement like pick a favorite kid of all your steps of all your I don't know your program like what man I just wish guys could get this what would that yeah. be yeah. So like in, in our, in our program, we track, like we do a lot of work, but we track two things each day. Cause I think they're the most okay. important. Cool. So one is, one is integrity. That means I said something, did I do it? Right. Um, you know, or like a lot of guys that are struggling with pornography, very common thing. Yeah. They don't yeah. want to. Right. Uh, and they're trying to figure it out. And I've got, you know, a course part of the course is about that, but like, you know, did I keep my word today? How how good did I do with that? Why? Yeah. Because that builds trust, right? It builds trust in you. It builds trust in other people. It builds your self-confidence, builds your wife's trust in you. Yeah. So that's number one. Because look, you want to test this? Go to your wife today and be like, hey, when I tell you I'm going to do something for you, what percent of the time do I do it? Right? And you're probably going to think, oh, she'll say 100. But I almost guarantee you it's not 100. <laughs> Like it's, it's probably not. You ask your kids that same question. Hey, you know, son, when I tell you I'm going to do something, how often do I follow through? Oh, 30%. You're like, Oh crap. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. I, that's a loaded question. And I'm afraid <laughs> to ask it now that you mention it, but I think it does vary with age. Like some of the time it's just, it's an honest mistake and I to- I yeah. forgot. Right. But no, right. I, I digress. Thank, yeah. That's a good question. I'm not going to ask but it, but go ahead. But no, but no, it's true. Like the, it, you know, you say you forget or whatever, but what, what happens, what happens is you lose confidence in yourself because you realize actually I'm not being a man of my word. I say, yeah, it, yeah. but if I forget, that's not really being a man of my word. Like whether it's malicious something. or not. Right. Yeah. Right. It doesn't really matter. It erodes trust right in yourself and other people's trust in you. So, um, yeah, especially yeah. with, and like, if you make a promise to the kids and then you don't do it, your wife sees that she knows. And Oof. so then she's like, Oh, you know, he's not going to keep his promise to me either. Right. Trust, trust yeah. drops. Right. Yeah. Then guess what? Mental, emotional intimacy drops. Then guess what? Sexual intimacy drops. Right. It starts yep. there. Starts there. So that's number one. Wow. Number two, the other thing we try, we track each day is listening. Right. How well did I do at this ghost mode thing? Right. When she came up and talked to me today, was I on my phone? Was I on my computer? Was I, um, getting upset because she said something, right? So we just rank that each day, one to five. Yeah, today I was good. I committed. I followed through. Five being like, yeah, like 100, was 100%, right? Listening, one to five, how did I do today? Like yesterday, I ranked myself like uh, three or four. Just got really tired. And I just like, literally, they would say something to me and it was just like not processing, <laughs> like, and yeah. I just like could not. Well, well. Know. So speak to a guy now that might be in that same situation. Is it better to just kind of preface everything going forward in the evening? That look, guys, I may not be a hundred percent invested as we communicate later. Like I'm, I'm beat. Like yeah. if I'm not listening or it doesn't look like I'm listening, it's not because I don't care about what you have to say. Is it? Is that a little too overly like oh, micromanaging of it, or or is it oh, worth talking great. about? It's a hundred percent necessary i think and that's what i did yesterday too i was like okay hey, hey kids like i'd see you're talking to me but i am like really tired and i i'm just not 
understanding it's like i apologize i just i, I need to get some more sleep and like people are understanding of that like they'll, right. they'll honor that they'll respect it um the other thing i do um i'm getting much better at this this is something i'm tracking like one of the big things i'm working on for myself is like when i my wife's like oh hey will you do this i'm like yeah right i, I have a very bad habit of saying yeah and forgetting right so what i'm doing now is like on my phone I have an app called any do i just put it in there okay hey i said i do this boom put it down you know make sure it's there um ideally i'm scheduling a time to do that later that's when it works the best um so i mean i'm not i'm not perfect at it right but those things help like really getting into her shoes writing it down when you say you're going to do something so you don't forget it um because yeah this, this is what happens right oh i forgot i forgot and everybody's like oh it's okay it's okay but is it really okay <clears throat> not really because your trust is dropping and so everything else is going to follow. Yeah, the bank account is depleting. Like your your integrity, you know that that equity you've built up is right. kind of is you're making more withdrawals than your deposits at that yeah, point. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Um, so I'd say those, you know, like I said, those are the two. Th- and I had thought about this like for a while. Like, what w- if you could do this? Like, yeah. what would make the most difference? Really, it's those two things. Yeah. Well, it's good that you're self aware too enough to be able to say, okay, I need an app to like make a note and then I can actually follow through with certain things. If I forget, like I know me and I don't want to like suffer in this area. So I'm going to do some, you know, take some precautions and create some safeguards around my own, right. you know, kind of lapse and whatever memory. Yeah. Or whatever. Cause, cause yeah. think about it. Like, like at your job, right. If you're like, Oh, I forgot. <laughs> How often can you, you do that? Yeah. Yeah. You get fired like immediately. So yeah. You know, just treat it just as important. That's good. Yeah. Well, I saved the heaviest, I think, for last. So I'm going to turn the heat up a little bit on this uh, conversation. Uh, and I, when we talk about trust, because you, you mentioned trust, uh, what about somebody who's broken trust to like the pinnacle of breaking trust? Let's just, yeah. what are you guys fill in the blank, whatever that is in a marriage that just can almost break it in half, right? It fractures it to a degree that it's almost unrecognizable. If you're the person that offends the offender, you did this, right? How do you talk to a guy that might be struggling with a, how do I earn it back? Okay. That's an obvious question, but how do I not feel like 10 years from now that I, I'm still trying to do enough to make up for that thing. You know, am I still, you know, does that make sense? I can't run fast enough on this treadmill to try to make up or make it better. What do you say to that guy? Yeah. So we need to break it apart first. So like to, to earn trust back, let's start with that. So you, you broke trust. So guys I work with infidelity, multiple infidelity, um, you know, pornography like hiding some giant secret that all of a sudden comes out like i deal with this stuff all the time so um you know there's stuff that i like to think of trust like a brick house right and there's so like not prioritizing over time it's kind of like taking out one brick at a time oh i forgot brick out oh i forgot brick out right and eventually that house is gone and you're kind of like surprised like oh what happened (laughs) but that's what happened and then sometimes you take a wrecking ball to it right so that's like this oh Mm -hmm. i had an affair oh you know i've been looking at porn every day for 20 years right so um then you just topple that house right it's it's gone 
The process, though, is the same, right? The process to rebuild trust, it's one promise made and kept at a time, right? That's how it gets built back up. You know, you make a promise, you keep it, that puts a brick down. Mm-hmm. You make a promise and break it, that takes a brick out. And actually, after you've knocked it down, making a promise and breaking it is like taking 30 bricks out because sure. your wife is extra sensitive to anything that's a, a breach in trust. Yeah, it's reopening a wound a little bit. I exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's another way to think about it is, you know, you, you've wounded her with that affair. Now, anything unfaithful opens that thing wide open, yep. right, right back up. And so, yeah, you got to be extra cautious and guys can get frustrated. Oh, like, you know, just an affair is never going to get better, right? Um, which, you know, doesn't get them anywhere. Yes, <laughs> yes. But um, not a recommendation, I wouldn't think that, to say that. It's understandable, yeah. right? Right. Like, you get, you're like, man, you know, I feel like I'm doing so much. And, you know, like you said, when's it, when's it going to be done, right? So understanding the other thing too, guys will be like, oh, can't you just trust me? Can't she? She can't, right? You For sure. destroyed that. She can't trust you. So don't yeah. ask her to, right? So you say, I need to earn your trust back. And I do that by keeping promises. So like if you were unfaithful, uh, one thing I always recommend to guys is, hey, like let her have access to everything. 100%. Her phone, give yeah. her all of that, right? She can check it whenever she wants. Be very proactive because you want her to be able to verify things you say. And she might not want to. Like it's an uncomfortable situation for her. Like she doesn't, she never wanted to be in the spot where she had to check on her husband's phone. She never wanted that, right? But that's where you're at. And so, you know, you being able to say, no, I didn't text that woman. And then her being able to, because in her mind, she's like, I want to believe that, but I don't. You know, sure. having her be able to look at her, your phone, like, oh, actually, okay, you didn't. Then her anxiety lowers a little bit. You put some trust in that trust bank, right? Yeah. So, have promises verified as often as you possibly can. So that is slowly restoring trust. Now, when guys are like, man, you know, is this ever getting better? Am I going to be paying this off forever? Coming back to this idea of win-win. So an affair typically happens when a guy feels like he's losing in the marriage, right? We're not having sex enough. I'm not appreciated enough. Yeah, so he yeah. goes out. So he goes outside right? To feel like he's getting that from somewhere else. Um, so what some guys will think is, okay, well, and so you hurt your wife, obviously by doing that, you did all, it does all kinds of damage. So you come back and you're like, okay, so now, you know, so you kind of went like this, like you went above her by having an affair. You mm-hmm. know? So now you kind of think, okay, like now I have to really go below her. Right. And I've got mm-hmm. her yeah. stuff back. And whatever she says goes. And I can't challenge her and I can't do anything. Right. But what happens? What happens then is you feel like you're in the same situation that's going to make you want to have another affair. Right. Sure. So, sure. So what has to happen is you need to build a new relationship. Okay. It's not like now I have to pay you back for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. What happens is you have to get to where you both feel like you're winning. Right. Mm-hmm. You have real intimacy, mental, emotional, and sexual. The other way I describe intimacy is like being willing to tell your wife something that you know she's not gonna like, right? Mm-hmm. But that's true to you. Okay. Yeah. So like, hey, you know what? I just talked to a guy the other day. I'm doing the dishes every day. I don't think it's fair, but I don't want to bring it up to her because like for the past 20 years, she did the dishes. So like I guess I should do them for the next 20 years. But actually, that's not the solution, right? Because like switching who's resenting things is not the solution. The solution is you both feel good about the situation. You both that's feel good, good about man. Marriage. Yeah, that's good. 
So you need a new marriage. And so if you're, if you're, if you're getting to that point where you're resenting it, you're like, okay, I was unfaithful, but come on, like, you know, and now I, um, I do all, I do all the dishes. I take the kids everywhere. I do, you know, all this. She spends all the money. She has no responsibility. Like, you know, that doesn't seem right. Right. (laughs) It isn't right. Like you, you need to get to where you both feel good in the marriage and that's what will help it continue long-term. Yeah, I agree. And I've heard, you know, sometimes the, the expectations that guys have that are in that situation need to be tempered somewhat. Like it's not a, you know, it's not like being late to baseball practice and running three laps and you're good. Like we got a clean slut, you know, it's not, yeah. that makes sense. I I like, yes, I like, there's something I'm really kind of hammering in with my guys lately. It's like, look, take a one year time frame on this, right? Like if something bad happened, you know, something really bad, even if it's not as bad, just like it's a good time frame to keep in your mind. Like, okay. Like if I can be really consistent, you know, for a full year, if I can really be a man of integrity, if I can really do a good job listening to my wife for a full year, right. You know, maybe then we evaluate, right. If she's still not healed, if she's bringing it up every day, if she's, you know, yeah, and we're working towards win-wins for a year, then yeah, I mean, maybe at that point you need to think, okay, like, is this marriage going to work or not? But what will happen with a lot of guys. So like my, my program is 90 days and they'll be like, well, 90 days, we should be done. But the point of the 90 days is to build these habits. Right? Absolutely. And then to carry them for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's why I've been reminding them, Hey, look, give it a year. Right. Yeah. Like really be consistent with these things for a year. And then, you know, see. Yeah. Because I, I think there's value in understanding what within you caused that situation to begin exactly. with. Like not what can I do to get back to square one with her? It's let's spend some time kind of, looking inward and looking in the mirror and finding out why did I stray or why am I terrible with money or whatever the situation is like, look at yourself, maybe work on yourself for that year too. Like not try to figure her out and understand what, what chore is going to be the, the, the magical, you know, the magic bean that gets me back in her good graces. I don't know that is that right. Would you add to that? No, I, I think that's the way, the way I look at, the work I do with guys, right, is, you know, like think of it a few ways. One is, you know, building the strength. One is being the man that you, that God, that your wife and kids can be proud of, right? Yeah. The other way I think about it is, look, it's up to your wife to choose you or not, right? And it's up to you to choose her or not. But your job is to be a great choice, right? That's what you can control. You know, am I a great choice as a husband? You have 100% control of that. Yeah. And as long as you're focusing on that, like you're not going to get yeah. all thrown off and it's easy to get thrown off <laughs> it really is yeah for sure. you, know, um, you know oh my wife didn't hug me today she didn't look at me right you know i'm gonna give up it's not worth it kind of coming back to your initial point about discipline yeah. right but if your desired result here's the thing as soon as your desired result becomes her doing something you yeah. become manipulative right that's what happens oh I, I just want her to love me i just want her to hug me i just want her to kiss me right when that's your desire and that's your intention to like get that from her, it drives her away because it is manipulative. It is needy, right? Versus you switch that intention to like, no, like whatever she does is fine. I'm just going to be a good husband, right? I'm just going to make sure I'm keeping my word. I'm going to make sure I'm listening to her. I'm going to yeah. make sure I'm a good choice. <laughs> then you feel good because it's something you can control. You don't start spinning out of control, trying to control something you can't, which is Perfect. her opinion yeah, her yep. behavior instead you're like look how can i 
get to a more positive feeling say how can i be more connected with god how can i do a better job listening you control that you feel good guess what happens when you feel good you're more attractive guess what happens when that happens much more likely she's going to give you attention appreciation affection yeah so this is what's hard because like as guys like motivated guys high achieving guys we're used to here's the target go get it right but with marriage it's it's different right like your your target if your target is you know my wife loves me more you will 100% miss it right versus your target being no i'm going to be a great man i'm going to be a great husband i'm a great father i'm going to be strong mentally emotionally spiritually sexually i'm going to treat her mm-hmm. with respect even if she doesn't treat me with respect right mm-hmm. like yeah you have control over that it's good. and then you feel good and you're attractive yeah because like going going in with what when you feel good you're more confident and women want confident they don't want yeah. you know this i don't know this timid weak guy in the corner who's ridden with guilt you know about something that doesn't feel like he can win at anything in life the poor me guy you want to yeah. like work on yourself like what you said and then rise up move forward yes acknowledge own whatever that thing is and then work on ways to to make yourself better and she will watch that but you're not doing it for her more than anything like if you if you can make it more about making me a better man and that's my goal then i think i think that other stuff kind of like you just said that other stuff will happen so um man that's a great great way to say it i love the way you put that and uh thanks for coming on today man um yeah my pleasure it's been fun been fun it has and I'm, time's flying by i just i look up and i'm like oh gosh we've been on here a while uh so tell us where to find your resources how to hire yeah. you if we need it and yeah. and maybe uh yeah just give us an idea about the podcast yeah great so the podcast is called strong men strong marriages you can find it on wherever you listen okay. to podcasts um i recommend starting with the first four episodes uh that'll kind of give you a sense of we, we talked about some of it today but just give you kind of an outline of the way I think about things. And mm-hmm. then you kind of jump around from there mm-hmm. to what catches your fancy. Um, then uh, strongmenstrongmarriages.com. So I've got um, free resources there. And that's where you can also uh, look at my different programs and uh, apply to join. So is there a way to contact you? Because I'll be honest, uh, you have been gracious on Instagram, but I don't get the feeling that you're always over there. Uh, very not, active. So yeah, where I'm would they Instagram very contact much at you? All. Um, Just on the so, website? Website's the best. Okay. Yep. And there's a contact uh, thing Perfect. on there too. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, guys, look, I mean, you just, we really just wet your appetite today. Um, even though there was a ton of meat on the bone, um, there's even more. And and I like the way the, the doctor himself puts a lot of this as applicable and real world. And it's not 20,000 foot. It's, it's ground level and I love it. So guys, I hope you enjoyed that. He's been Dr. Mike Frazier. We've been last in line. Be blessed. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review on iTunes and share the episode with a friend so we can help create stronger men and stronger marriages across the world. And if you're ready to take your strength training and your marriage to the next level, visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how. I'll see you there.